Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. So I know we've done a lot of praying, but the Word of God is um, critical, central to, to all of this week. And so Father, we just thank you for your Word. And Lord, I stand here tonight on behalf of those who are going to stand and share your Word. And we commit ourselves to you, Father, and you know that our hearts have prepared and we've prepared and labored in the Word. And Lord, I pray that you will overshadow your word. And like we pray each year, Father, that your word shall not, it shall go forth and it shall not return void, but it shall accomplish what you have purposed. And Lord, that it, it has been our joy to see that happen over the years. And so again, Lord, we open our hearts and our minds and we lean in and we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. That's so good. Hey, you know, um, does anyone love a, a good story? Yeah. Well, you know, every story um, has a beginning, doesn't it? It has a beginning and an end. Every good story has a beginning and an end. You know, every story is conceived within the heart of the author. Every good story um, starts somewhere in time and history, and uh, and then it ends when the you know author decides that it's finished or over, or the story is done, or when whenever he decides to actually put his pen down. And you know. As with all stories, they're all different. You know, some stories end with um, what I would say a very clear full stop, quite a definitive full stop, and basically that was it, the end. You know, you go to a movie, someone takes, you know, the, the, the film industry takes a great story and they make a film, and then it's like there's a very definitive end to it. Full stop, the end, and on the screen comes those beautiful letters, the end, you know, and we know it's over, and then we pick up our popcorn and we leave. You know, so some stories end like that. Other stories end with more of a comma, more of a, you know, um, more of a comma with the intent of a sequel or a continuation. I don't know if any of you ever saw the movie Avatar. Anyone ever see Avatar? <laughs> okay. And, you know, at the very end, you know, the big blue creature, the big tall Avatar person? I call my son and daughter-in-law avatars because they're so enormously tall. Um, and, uh, you know, I was having a chat with Esther in London, actually. I hope you don't mind me telling this, Esther, but too bad, darling, I'm here. And Christine and, Christine and I were sitting in the lounge in London at the London Colour, Colour Conference last year, and Esther's standing there, who's rather tall and luscious and beautiful, and she has some of her friends there who are equally tall and lush and beautiful. And so I just went, Esther, do you have any friends who are not tall? And she goes, No. And Chris and I went, well, that's why you've got us in your world, as we scoffed hot chips into our mouth or something. But you know, some, some stories end with a bit of a comma, with the intent of a sequel. And again, in that movie Avatar, you know, he was dead, he was dead, he was dead. And then all of a sudden, ping, his eyes opened. And that was the end of the movie. And you knew that there's going to be a sequel, perhaps. You know, some, some stories um, end in a manner that leaves the reader to basically then imagine where the story goes. Well, the story that you and I find ourselves in, it starts with God. It starts with God. Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God. 
And then it ends a thousand or so pages later, depending on how large your Bible print is. It ends with these words, Jesus. So it starts with God in the beginning, God. And then it ends all those pages later, last page, last paragraph. It ends with these words, Jesus, the one who says these things are true. Isn't that profound? This is how the word, the story ends. Jesus, the one who says all of these things that have been between are true, and he says, yes, I am coming soon. And then the writer who was scribing this, which was, you know, John, who was in captivity, and he was scribing this great vision and revelation, he says, he pens, the very last sentence, he pens, amen, come Lord Jesus, and may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all, amen. How profound is that? I love that the last sentence there is the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. I love that we are living in a grace dispensation. So you know, every, every good story has a beginning and end, et cetera, et cetera. Well, a couple of Sundays ago, a couple of weeks ago, it was midnight. I found myself head on pillow, but awake in my spirit and with my heart consumed with tonight, consumed with this week, consumed with you girls. And I found myself praying at midnight and praying a simple prayer that went kind of like this. You know, dear Lord in heaven, dear Lord, head on my pillow, dear Lord, please help me, please help me to know the simplicity of what I need to bring to this conference this year. Please help me, Lord, just to know the simplicity of it. Now, you know, in all truthfulness, you know, we plan and we craft this conference 12 months out. And in all honesty, girls, I actually know what this conference is about. <laughs> I actually know the simplicity of actually what it's about. I know that, you know, um, that there is a vision and a mandate, and I know that vision and a ma and mandate. I know what I saw and I know what I heard. You know, I saw stadiums full of women like this. I saw multitudes of women, and I heard in my spirit a very clean, clear directive to create an environment that places value upon womanhood, so that she in turn, you know the deal, could rise up and place value upon humanity. So I know the vision and the mandate. I know that it's about God's daughters. It's about us, and there's a few men in here in the room, and this is not you know, a gender-exclusive thing, but you know, this is actually about God's daughters and about us becoming strong and strengthened and whole in him because basically he loves us. He loves us and he wants us to be strong and he wants us to be whole so that, of course, it's never just about us, so that we can then stand up and help others to be strong and whole. I know for sure that a whisper all those years ago has resonated into a shout because thousands of women have you know, found their voice and decided that they're not only just gonna be a follower of Christ, but they're actually gonna raise their voice and stand up for the rights of others, Proverbs 31. So we know all of these things, right? I know the Missio Dei of, our, of this conference of color. You know, Missio Dei is actually Latin for the mission of God, and it's the language that we as a church have come into this year with. We want our church to understand the Missio Dei, the mission of God in our here and now, in our personal lives, in our workplace, in our calling, in our mandate, in our, you know, as a church, in the nation. And so that's the language over our house. Well, I know what the Missio Dei of color is. It is a humanitarian conference with you know, thousands of stories being written you know, by everyday women like you and I. I know all of these things. So again, here I find myself at midnight, a couple of weeks ago, my heart reaching out to God, going, Father, please show me the simplicity of what you would have me bring again tonight to this conference. 
And then what I sensed in my spirit, and I love it when you, you know, I love it when this happens. It doesn't always happen like this, but straight out, it was like back in my spirit. I sensed in my spirit, you know, all the um, scrambled egg thoughts. Are there any girls in the room who have scrambled egg thoughts? <laughs> They're all God thoughts. They're all amazing. Yes, they are. <laughs> but, you know, I just felt all the scrambled egg thoughts of the last 12 months that have been like popping into our spirit and dropping into our heart. Not only my heart, but the hearts of those that, you know, I work alongside with. Alongside with, I felt all of those scrambled egg thoughts sort of land into three things, three reminders. And so that's what I'm going to share with us tonight as we open up this weekend. I felt them land into three reminders. Number one, to remind us that we are part of a glorious beginning and end. That we are part of a glorious beginning and end. Amen? A glorious. Everyone say glorious. Okay, we're not just part of a beginning and an end. You know, I got in the lift with a gentleman um, actually probably this morning and um, at the hotel. And, you know, he got in grumpy guts, you know, and he got in and he's like, oh, another day, another dollar. And then he kind of goes... It's too hot outside. I mean, we're all rejoicing that the sun is shining. He's like, oh, it's too hot outside. I think he was English. <laughs> you know, and he's like, another day, another dollar. And then he kind of, the lift opened and he just barged out. And there was another um, lovely man beside me and we kind of went, wow. You know, I mean, the poor man is just sort of in a very ordinary beginning and end, really, isn't he? But no, we are part of a glorious beginning and end. Second, at midnight, while I felt drop into my spirit, is that, you know, there is a glorious journey between these two bookends of time. There is a glorious journey between these two bookends of time in our lives. And third, that there is a glorious completion towards which we are all walking. And so tonight, I want to share some thoughts along those lines. And I want to say to you tonight that, you know what, my prayer and my quiet confidence for you and for me and for this Colour Conference is that God is going to strengthen us and He's going to infuse us, amen, and He's going to empower us to go boldly into the future. He's going to do that, not tentatively, not, you know, timidly, not, you know, fearfully, not complacently, but for you and I to go boldly into our future, in Jesus' name. That is why we need to come to the house of God. That's why we need to be planted, because in life, when we're doing life the way we were intended to do, do you know what? We spend our strength. We need to come here and renew our strength. We need to know the power of scatter, but the power of gather, because you know what? We use and we spend our strength, and we need to be strengthened again. And God is going to water our lives. And, we need, and we, in life, you know, we can spend our courage. That's why we need to be continually encouraged in Jesus' name. Because if we're doing life right, we're going to spend our courage. We're going to do life, and we're going to spend our courage in this journey. And so I believe that God is going to strengthen us and infuse us and empower us to go boldly into our future. And not only that, that you know what, as we are willing, this is my confidence and this is my prayer for this weekend, all right, I've got a confidence in my God for this weekend, that as we are willing, that God is going to mark us with a resolve fit for the days ahead. Did you hear that? With a resolve fit for the days ahead. Now, none of us know what the days ahead look like, but there are days ahead. And we need to resolve in our spirit, amen? And he's gonna mark us with a resolve fit for the days ahead. And that for those, for those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage, for those whose eyes are, to, are towards Zion and their coming king, 
that we are not just entering another year of his favor. You know, we came into last year as a church and I spoke these words over this conference. You know, Brian got in his spirit, Psalm 65, that God would crown our year with favor. Okay, crown the year with favor. And it's like it became the testimony of so many. Well, you know, God's favor is longer than 12 months. And I really felt in my spirit that this wasn't just the beginning of a a year of favor last year, but the beginning of something grand on the earth amongst the church of Jesus Christ, that the church of Jesus Christ, amen, that declares the name of Christ and loves the spirit of God and loves the word of God, that we would as a church begin to walk into not just a year of favor, but a day of grace and favor. Amen, and that we would be marked like that. We would be marked because of that as that city set on a hill in Jesus' name, amen? And so this is my confidence for this year. So I wanna encourage us tonight to take heart. Take heart, sweetheart. If your heart is failing, take heart. Take heart and take strength and look up and look around. Look, look up to your amazing God and look around because you're not alone in Jesus' name. Because who knows, who knows? Who knows? We could well be the generation who awakens the dawn of His coming. Who knows? We could. And if not us, then perhaps our children. And if not our children, then perhaps our children's children. Who knows? But I believe that a new day is dawning on the earth. And I got, I didn't write that as just poetic license. I wrote it because it was like in our spirits and my spirit, it was like, Lord, may we, may we be a generation that awakens the dawn of your coming. Now, none of us know the day nor the hour when he will return. But may I say the beginning of time was marked with in the beginning God. And it's marked at the very end where it says, and Jesus, the one who says these things are true, says, yes, I am coming soon. So who knows, in Jesus' name, who knows? So just a handful of thoughts, eh, tonight as we start. Number one, if you're taking notes, we are part of a glorious beginning and end, a glorious beginning and end. And as I've said, you know, everything, everything has a beginning and an end. You know, God of himself actually says, he says, I am that I am. It's pretty definitive. I don't know if I believe in God. That's all right, I am who I am. You know, it's like, He says, I am who I am. He says, I am the beginning and the end, Alpha and Omega. Stunning. And and even when our God says the end, it's really relative to who He he is because He's actually the God without end. And He's the God whoever, who was, was before ever was, was. I mean, it's like, it's beyond. (laughs) And when Jesus Christ has become Lord of your life, you kind of get it. But when He's not, you don't get it. But if you have faith to believe it, you'll get it. And it'll be so got. <laughs> it'll be so, it's just like, I, I don't know, he just is. It's like the night I walked in, I walked into you know, that Auckland Town Hall, believing in God, I wanted to believe in God. I actually believed in God, but it was vague. It was like, I, I believe in God, but I walked out knowing him because I had an encounter. And nothing will ever take that from me. So, you know, he's amazing. And, and, and can I just remind us that, you know, on the last page of this, of this book, this beautiful book given to us that frames, this is like the bookends of time. You know, on the very last page, it actually doesn't say, it actually doesn't say the end. You can have a look in your Bible, your paper Bible, have a look. You get to the very last page and it does not say the end. 
I mean, if someone has put the end in there, that is a publishing company taking license that they do not have to do that. It doesn't say that. It says again, Jesus. The one who says all these things are true says, yeah, yeah, I'm coming soon. And you know what? That suggests, when we're talking about a glorious beginning and end, that suggests, you know, a crazy, wonderful sequel, um, sequel or a crazy, wonderful uh, to be continued. That's what it should have put on the end, to be continued. So we are part of a glorious beginning and end. And you know, girls, so like one day, one day, so one day, Psalm 84 says, the roads that we travel will take their final bend and suddenly Zion, God in full view, will happen. One day for each and every one of us, the paths will take, Psalm 84, will take their final bend and suddenly Zion, God in full view for all of us, for believer and unbeliever alike for everyone. Let me read to you Psalm 84, it's amazing. It says, blessed, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Now, if there's anything within your heart tonight that leans into your God, you're blessed, okay? You're declaring that your strength is in Him, therefore you are blessed. And you're gonna walk out of this place even more blessed on Saturday night. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. In the message it reads like this, God traveled, these roads curve up the mountain and at the last turn, Zion, God in full view. You know, for those in the room tonight unfamiliar with that word Zion, do you know historically, historically, it was, it was simply the city of God. Historically, um, and Old Testament, you know, ancient history, it was historically the city of God, the, cit- the city, the citadel of God, it was Jerusalem. But you know, spiritually, it is our destination. Spiritually, it is our destination. So, you know, this side of eternity, you know, Zion, this concept of Zion, this habitation of God, this side of eternity, it is unseen, but it is perceived in our spirits, right? It's like, this unseen, but perceived so fully in our spirits, on the other side of eternity, is gonna be unveiled and in full view. It's amazing. And there's so much promise in this word about Zion, this place of habitation. Just let me give you a couple of verses in Psalm 50, verse two, it says, out of Zion, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine. (laughs) Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine. Do you know this world, this world that we live in, the secular world, this world that is outside of Christ is obsessed with eternal beauty. Well, I wanna tell anyone, you know what, who's in the room who's thinking that, you know, a Botox injection or, you know, a, a pot of ointment or something is gonna like give you eternal beauty. No, the perfection of beauty actually shines out of this place with God. Amen? I love that. In Psalm 20, verse two, it says, may he send you help from the sanctuary, strengthen you again out of Zion. It's this place of habitation in God. Psalm 48, it says, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. And so tonight, girls, all I'm trying to say is, you know what? Having a revelation of this beautiful end, it frames our reality as pilgrims. 
when we have a sense of revelation about, yes, this is our beginning and it might've been crappy for you, but you know, you found Christ and it's no longer, but you know what? So we have this glorious beginning that sometimes gets sabotaged by life, but we have this, in Christ, we have this glorious ending. And again, when we get a revelation of how magnificent this ending is, it will, it will frame our pilgrimage through life. Because seriously, if we have nothing to look forward to, if we have nothing to look to or to hope for, then why? Why? Why fight for anything that is eternal? Why fight? Why fight for what is eternal? Why endure the challenge? Why live by a higher standard that leaves a legacy for others? And you know what? The world will never understand it. The world will never understand your devotion or your commitment or your generosity towards the kingdom, and we shouldn't expect them to. They will never understand kingdom-minded and kingdom kingdom-hearted men and women. They will never understand it and they will criticize us. So what? It's persecution. So what? All it does is strengthen you. I say personally, as one who gets criticized and persecuted with my husband, hallelujah, on national television, periodically, I say it's just a little persecution. It's not going to kill us. I might be a little bit more worried when they start to throw, throw us to the lions. And all it does is strengthen us. And I just want to encourage us again, girls, to get the end in sight, not in a stupid manner, but in a manner so that nothing is going to throw you off your Missio Day journey, because we have a glorious beginning and end, and we, there is this glorious journey between these two bookends of time, and there is a mission and a journey between. And if we don't get a determination and a revelation in our spirit, then, you know, things can throw us off course, and that is tragic. That is tragic to the, one who, to the one who hung upon the cross and gave his all, and for us to lose the plot. And so, you know, amen. Hello, Christine over there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, I believe, girls, that, um, that life, that calling, that um, God-appointed seasons within, do you know what? They all have a beginning and an end and a purpose. They all, and you know, if we're not careful, you know, there are things that can sometimes come, forces can come to assail those seasons so that we don't achieve and we don't accomplish the ending that God has in mind. You know, if we look to our Saviour King, because that's a good place to look, <laughs> praise God. You know, we look to Jesus, okay, so... In his season on earth, he faced a wilderness experience, didn't he? Okay, so the wilderness was not the season. His season was to, have a, um, was to come to planet earth and to accomplish, his season was to accomplish the will of the Father. Within that season of accomplishing the will of the Father, he was faced with a few wilderness experiences. And so we should take a lesson from him. You know, in life, you know, the seasons that we face are youth, or childhood, youth, adulthood, marriage, children, <laughs> procreation, hallelujah, you know, calling, ministry. These are the seasons, the seasons of life. And at times things come at us, they're not the season, they're just the attack within the season to put you off course. And so we should take a lesson from our Saviour King. You know, if you look at his, his experience in the wilderness, do you know what? It had a beginning and an end. It was about 40 days. 
Sometimes our seasons go on for 400 years. You know, it's like those experiences, it had a beginning and an end. It was actually designed, in this instance, it was actually designed by God because it says that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. It tested his conviction. It tested his resolve. And it actually proved that the devil had no power over him. So, you know, likewise for us, ladies. Let's take a lesson from our God. And in life, attacks and challenges and sickness and stuff happens. But I'm telling you, it is our opportunity to rise up. It is our opportunity to find out who Christ truly is and what His Word says and who the Spirit of God can be in and through us in Jesus' name. It is our opportunity to fight the good fight of faith and to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, hallelujah, and by the Word of our testimony. And if not your testimony, then the testimony of a sister or a brother over here who you can go like, you know what? Well, if God can do it for them, He can certainly do it for me. If the Word of God works in their life, the Word of God can work in my life. And so we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony and we overcome by this word in Jesus' name. So when stuff happens within the greatest season of your life, your sojourn through life, your pilgrimage through life, an opportunity for us to fight the good fight of faith, an opportunity for us to come out not worse for wear, but better for wear. Amen. That's the way it should be. Now we might come out with a few injuries. You know, the old Monty Python story with I love to resurrect, you know, the old Monty Python moment where, you know, he's just a head and a torso dragging along the ground and he goes, it's all right, it's just a flesh wound, I'll be fine. We've got to take that spirit. I love that. You know, and we've got to take that spirit. I'm not coming out worse for her. I'm coming out better for where I might not have any arms or legs. But you know what? I am better for the experience in Jesus' name. Because, you know, the enemy might attack and might burn and whatever our bodies and whatever that happens. But you know what? It cannot destroy my spirit and it cannot destroy my, my determination that one day I'm going to stand before my God because I am not going to make His cross null and void in Jesus' name. I am not going to make His sacrifice. I'm going to rise up in Jesus' name and I'm harping on like this because you know, I want to encourage any lonely heart in here tonight who's thinking it's not worth it. Well, it is, baby. And you are here to know that it is worth it in Jesus' name. Amen. You face some stuff, you know. I want to tell you, you know it is our opportunity to discover, to discover. And that's why God sometimes allows things to happen in our lives so that we discover who He is. We discover His true heart, His true nature. We discover that His hand is not so short that it cannot save. And of course, it is our opportunity to also, like Christ, you know, discover that the devil has no power over you. So again, my darlings, take heart, take strength, look up, look around. Amen? Resolve, baby, resolve. We have this thing that happens in our sisterhood. A few years ago, we did this sort of hashtag thing like flourish, baby, flourish. And it just lives on. Everything works. Come, baby, come. Smile, baby, smile. Endure, baby, endure. Rise up, baby, rise up. <laughs> Amen, it's so fun. Well, resolve, baby, resolve. Get some resolve into your bones in Jesus' name. And you know, in life, we all face different things. We so face different things. We all face different things. You know, and it's not like, so you're facing some stuff. It's not like God's forgotten who you are or He's mean and it's like, how come I'm going through this and others don't? We all face different stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, we come through this stuff and we discover the same wondrous God. I don't understand everything, 
But you know, I do get it. I do understand. I promise, I do. Sometimes people look at us and think, it's just all so perfect for you just live in this little bubble of grace. No, we don't. We actually live on the front line. I get it. I know what years and years and years of the enemy come in and I know what waves of adversity look like. I don't always talk about it, don't always wear it on my sleeve. I know what the waves of adversity are. I know what the challenges are. You don't stand on the front line of thy kingdom come or one of the front lines of thy kingdom come and not come under the attacks of the enemy and the challenges of life. But you know what? God is amazing. And sometimes, you know, it feels like the devil in our lives or the enemy in our life is relentless. And sometimes the dog is relentless. He is relentless, but I wanted to tell you that God's mercy and God's love and God's providential care over you is of a greater relentless, all right? So you take heart. You take heart, darling. You take heart in Jesus' Name. And I wrote down in my notes here, so blaze a trail of glory to the end. (laughs) Blaze a trail of God's glory to the end in Jesus' Name, amen? So our lives, number one, We are part of a glorious beginning and end. And it's good to get our eyes on that end because it keeps us there in Jesus' Name. Hey, for our Saviour King, for the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. He hung upon that cross and for the joy that was sent before Him, for the glorious end that was set before Him, for the likes of you and I, for our faces, He endured. Number two, number two, there's a glorious journey within these two bookends of time. Oh, glory. My time is leaving me. But there is, there's a glorious journey, hey? So you know what, we've got to pilgrim well. We have to pilgrim well between these bookends. Your bookends, you have some bookends. (laughs) Hashtag bookends, baby, bookends. (laughs) It just works for everything. It just does. How many have ever read Pilgrim's Progress? Hands up if you've ever heard of it or read it. Yeah, you know, when I was a little girl, I think I had a children's version in my toy box. I vaguely remember something about Pilgrim's Progress when I was a little girl. Well, you know, um, J. John and um, Kelly's over here, actually. It's so lovely to have you here with Chris Pringle and the girls from um, CCC, Triple C. Lovely. Amen. But um, J. John, actually, he just did a, like a modern day version of Pilgrim's Progress and somehow it landed on my dining room table. I don't even know. So a few weeks ago, I sort of, where has this come from? And I started reading it, looking at it, and I, and I kind of smiled because all of this was in my heart. And so Pilgrim's Progress was written by John Bunyan in the 1600s and it's, um, it's an allegory. Is that the correct word? An allegory. It's amazing. I kind of downloaded the really old ancient version because I kind of like all the romantic stuff. It's amazing. So Christian, so this is the basic line. Christian wakes up one day. So his name's Christian, right? Everyone has names. So his, <laughs> his name is Christian. I know I'm so good at this. I need to hurry. Whenever I try to hurry, I get slower. <laughs> it's a special gift I have. Amen. It's like, oh my God, I'm out of time. I need to go faster. And then I go slower. Yeah, so Christian... Christian wakes up one day. Shh. Christian wakes up one day. Shh, baby, shh. (laughs) So, I'm trying to tell you a story from the 1600s. Christian wakes up one day. 
realizes that he lives in a city of destruction. He realizes that he's in the city of destruction and that he must make his way to the celestial city, to heaven. He wakes up, realizes where I'm at is surely destined for destruction. I must make my way to the celestial city, to the, to the heavens. I must make way. So he begins his journey. He begins his search for God, actually. He begins his search for God. And in the process, he encounters the cross where he offloads his burden. Isn't that interesting? I love that because sometimes we think that it all begins when we encounter the cross and we offload our burden, but it actually begins a few steps earlier when our heart desires to search and seek for God. So he begins his search for God. He encounters the cross, he offloads his burden, and then so begins his journey towards Zion. And of course, this journey towards Zion is fraught with seductions and with enemies and, you know, with complacency that is dressed up in all sorts of names. It's, it's profound and you should read it. I agree with all the people who talk about Pilgrim's Progress. It should be um, the reading of every 21st century Christian, actually, because we can learn from it. But here's the deal about this journey. It's narrow. This journey is narrow and it is compressed and it takes determination to make it. It takes determination, not talent or skill or superhuman strength. It just merely takes determination that pretty much says, I have decided to follow Jesus, pretty much. You know, our Lord and Saviour Jesus said in Matthew 7, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and spacious and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many are those who are entering through it. But the gate is narrow, contracted by pressure, and the way is straightened and compressed that leads to life. Few are those who find it. Few are those who find it. You know, when you read that verse, when the unchurched read that verse, they perceive God in a certain manner. That verse does not mean that God is narrow or mean or restrictive or boring. It's just Jesus <laughs> telling us the real stakes. It's just Jesus who, thank you, Father, for sending him and thank you for saying yes, Lord, who had the guts to enter the mess of this world, who came down from heaven to earth to say, you know what, there's two paths happening here and I need to set you on the right path. He's amazing. He's pretty much saying there is a heaven and there is a hell. There is a wide and easy way and there is a narrow and a compressed way. There is a way that leads to life and sadly there is a way that leads to destruction. And so, you know, tonight I'm not preaching fire and brimstone, surely not, Bobby, but you know what? I just wanna say to us tonight, we're gonna learn how to stay the path. We're gonna learn how to stay on the path in Jesus' name. You know, if you're on it, girlfriend, stay on it. If you are dabbling on the edges, stop it. It is very dangerous on the edges. And baby, if you are on the wrong path, if it's suddenly dawning on you tonight here in this place, because you're not here by chance, you are here by the, the providential care of God, you are here in the divine plan of God, you are here to hear the Word of God. You know what, if you suddenly are waking up and going, I am on the wrong, oh my gosh, I think I'm on the wrong path, I wanna say to you, get off that path and get on the right path. And do what the Bible says, repent. You know, that is not just some old-fashioned religious word, repent. 
You know, repent and like, you know, they all think, oh, if I, have to, if I become a Christian, then I have to repent and I have to leave all the fun and the games and all the wonder out here and become a boring, starchy old Christian. It doesn't mean that. Repent means simply to turn around. It means to turn around and not just turn around and leave what you had here that looks so beguiling and wonderful and what have you, but to turn around and return to turn and return and realize as you begin to return to this wondrous God in heaven, as you begin to turn and return to him, that you're, you know, all of that stuff that entertained you and, and amused you and was so whatever is nothing compared to what is before us. In Jesus' name, hey, and so do it. You know, I have a friend, her name is Lisa, and I can talk about her while she's not, not in the room because she's my little um, friend who doesn't yet, hasn't quite come across. I love her though, she'd take a bullet for me, but she just, ah, anyway. So I was texting her on her birthday, and happy birthday, babe, and, uh, and then in the conversation I said, oh, oh um, FYI, by the way, sorry, we just took another cheap media hit this past week, and I always say that because she's not in our world and I hate it when that happens for the people that you're trying to love. And so she comes back at me and she pretty much said, oh, don't worry about that. She goes, don't worry about that. I didn't see it. And she says, and you know me, Bob, even if I could have, I wouldn't have. And then she goes, wrote this, which I loved. I loved because it was like the confirmation of God. She goes, you know what I say all the time, don't you, Bob? Stay the path. <laughs> Stay the path. So I'm like, Stay the path. So girls, listen, these are not days for being weary, complacent, lost pilgrims. Weary, complacent, lost pilgrims. These are not days for that. These are days for our soul to be strengthened with the engrafted Word of God. These are days for our spirit to be strengthened with the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. Amen. These are days for our lamps to be trimmed. Matthew tells a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like 10 virgins who were waiting the coming of the bridegroom. And, you know, five were so close, but they missed it because they failed to prepare and trim their lamps and be prepared. These are days, for I, I believe, for our feet to be booted up and to be shod with the gospel of his peace and his purpose. That is Ephesians chapter 6 that talks about the armour of God, putting on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, and having our loins girt about with truth, having the sword of the Spirit in our hand, in Jesus' name, and having our feet shod in preparation for the journey ahead with the gospel of peace, in Jesus' name. Amen. These are days for our feet to be booted up and to be shod, and for our feet to be beautiful upon the mountains, in Jesus' name, and beautiful upon the highways and the bar. Highways. You know, it's beautiful. In Isaiah, it says in 52, Isaiah 52, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger bringing good news, breaking the news that all is well. What glorious news that is to someone in a dry and a thirsty place who thinks the world is falling apart around them to come as a messenger, beautiful feet upon the mountains saying, you know what, all is well. Proclaiming good times, announcing salvation, telling Zion, telling Zion your God reigns. And then in the message it says, voices, listen. Voices, listen. And in this room today, there are a lot of voices and we need to listen to the Spirit of God, amen? So that we can resound with what he needs us to be saying in Jesus' name. And I believe that these are also days 
for our shields, our shields to glisten in the sun, for our shields to glisten in the sun. Beautiful, Psalm 84, again in the message, it says, God of the angel armies, listen. I believe that He is tonight. O God of Jacob, open your ears, I'm praying. I believe that God's ears are attuned to us. And then the psalmist declares that, God, God of the angel armies, look at us. God of Jacob, listen to us. And then he goes, look at us. Look at our shields glistening in the sun. Look at our shields, God. Look at our shields, God. Look at our shields of faith. Look at our lives. Look at our testimony. Look at our shields glistening in the sun. Look at our faces. Our faces shining with your gracious anointing. I love it. Isaiah 60, it says, as darkness covers the earth, as darkness and despair and despondency and all these words that we're so familiar in this journey together. As darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people, I believe that our shields, our lives, I'm talking spiritually and I'm talking figuratively, but literally also as our shields begin to glisten in that sunlight, we are gonna alert others that there is another way in Jesus' name. And so you know what? We need to be suited up and we need to have our armour strong and our faces toward our amazing God. Last year here on this platform, Isaiah 60, again I read to you, I read, it says here, Isaiah 6, it says, get out of bed, Jerusalem. Wake up, put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen for you. The whole earth is wrapped in darkness. All people are sunk in deep darkness, but God rises on you. His sun, His sunrise glory breaks over you. Nations will come to your light, kings to your sunburst brightness. Look up, look around, watch as they gather, watch as they approach a rich harvest of exiles gathered in from the nations. So again, sweethearts, take heart, take strength. Amen, look up and look around and stay the path in Jesus' name. Stay on the path. Stay on the path. I love that, I love that verse. Look at our shields, our shields glistening in the sun. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a day dawning on the earth, the dawn of His coming? You know, maybe not the literal day, like I said before, maybe not, when, when, it's not unto us to know the literal day, but we can know the day and the times. And you begin to see the dawning of His coming, the day, that day, and it's like, imagine darkness on the earth. Like, I can see it, and I'm sure you can, because you're not ridiculous, and I'm not being ridiculous, I promise, but imagine it. Spiritually, the earth is so dark. People are just despondent in this darkness, and yet this day is dawning on the earth, the dawn dawning of his coming, and there's this light emerging, this Zion, this light, this light emerging, and it catches our lives, it catches our shields, it reflects off our lives. It's magnificent. The thought of it, and again, I'm just trying to exhort our hearts to look heavenward in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask the team to come and join me, hey? Beautiful. I love it. And again, you know, when I meditate that and when I think about it, and I can't give it justice right now tonight, but you know, it's like the thought of our shields, our lives glistening in the sun. It's not to dazzle one another. <laughs> Please. It's not to dazzle one another. Look at my shield. No. No. It's to alert this world in darkness that there is a better way and that there is another way and it leads to life, amen? And then the last thing I wanna share, and you know, is that there is a glorious completion towards which we are all walking, a glorious completion. 
And you know, Brian and I and our team here, our heart is we want you to find faith and resolve for what is not complete in your life yet. This weekend, we want you somehow in the midst of all that will unfold, somehow in the midst of our worship and our fellowship and the Word that is brought forth, we want you to find faith and resolve this weekend for what isn't complete in your life. That's our heart. And you know, tonight I've alluded to a little tiny bit, as best I can, alluded to this glorious, you know, ending, this glorious completion that is coming upon the earth that that is the Kingdom of God. You know, Zion, God in full view, I've alluded to that. But you know what? God is personal. And you know, we can come and we can get all caught up and the atmosphere and the worship and the worship, our worship times are just gonna go through the roof. You do know that. I just need to warn you. Tomorrow night, we have, we have, we have, we have, structured, the, we have structured the conference to give it room. We've put some margin in there because we want God to have His way in our lives. And He does every year, but sometimes we can pack it out a little bit too much. And we've, we've intentionally given margin this weekend. And you know, but you know, He's personal. God is personal and your, your life matters to Him. And so again, we're gonna get caught up in all the wonder of it, but at the end of the day, He's personal and we're mindful of that. You know, your personal world matters. Your, your life, your family, your loved ones, your children, your husband, you know, your dream, it all matters to God. And God's desire, like it expresses in Philippians, is that we come to a glorious end, a glorious finish, a flourishing finish, it says in the Message Bible. Now unto Him who is able to, you know, complete that which He has begun in us. You know, He wants to bring it to a flourishing finish. And I, I love that in the most redemptive way, He wants to establish our lives. And you know, as I just close my, my part here tonight, I wanna read this passage, it's beautiful from Isaiah. Isaiah 51 verse four, again in the message. This is God speaking to our hearts, so listen up. He says, pay attention, my people, pay attention. Pay attention. Listen to me, listen to me, nations. Revelation flows from me. Revelation flows from God. My decisions light up the world. My deliverance arrives on the run. My salvation right on time. God says, I'll bring justice to the people. I'll bring justice. You know, the heart of this conference is justice. Making that which is wrong right again. It's what be the change, that's what it's about. This is what the gospel is about, making that which is wrong right again. You know, and God is into making that which is wrong right again. God is into bringing justice on the earth. And we're gonna play our part and we may not mend every broken life and we may not rescue every captive life. And some may pass from life into eternity, but you know, the Bible says that God wipes away our tears. In heaven, He wipes away our tears. And I believe He kisses better the injustices of this world. But whilst we have breath in our lungs and whilst we have day and whilst we have opportunity, in Jesus' Name, we're gonna play our part in bringing justice. But our God says, I'll bring justice to the people. Even faraway islands will look to me and take hope in my saving power. So again, look up to the skies. Ponder the earth under your feet. The skies will fade out like smoke and the earth will wear out like work pants and the people will die off like flies. 
but my salvation will last forever. My setting things right never will never be obsolete. You know, what is God genius at, girls? What is God a genius at? Tell me, what is He genius at? He is genius at setting things right. He can take the impossible and turn it around. So you know, we've got to look up. We've got to look up and we've got to take heart in Jesus' Name. And you know what, tonight, if you're, this weekend, if, you're, if your life is failing in any area, if your personhood is in need of repair, if your family is in need of repair, if your marriage is in need of repair, if there's stuff going on in your life, you know, personal issues in your life that need repair, then I wanna challenge you. I wanna challenge you that God is gonna help you to strategize to make it right. And so we've gotta pay attention, we've gotta lean in, we've gotta listen in Jesus' Name, amen? Again, take heart, take strength, look up because our God is truly amazing. Your God is amazing. He loves you. Why don't we stand to our feet tonight? Why don't we stand to our feet? I lay on my bed. I lay on my bed praying, Lord, simplicity, please. Three things in my spirit. Glorious beginning and an end. Glorious journey between a glorious completion. And you know, again, I believe that God is gonna water and strengthen our lives to fulfill and complete what He has begun in us. Individually, collectively, as the daughters on the earth, at such a time as this, and it's exciting, amen? Amen. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.